If you went to the bookstore today, uh, any bookstore, Christian bookstores, non-Christian bookstores, you'd find a whole lot of books about leadership. Uh, that just is an end thing. But you don't find many books on followership. Everybody wants to be a leader, but nobody wants to be a follower. Everybody believes that the goal in life is to be a leader. That's not the goal in life. I'm going to try to show you here in just a few moments. I want you to just kind of keep your mind open for about 30 minutes, and I want to just try to take you on a little journey through the Scripture, and I want you to learn something that maybe you've forgotten. Maybe you never learned it. But I think it'll put things in perspective as we celebrate uh, 50 years and how did it happen and the way it happened. I, I hope this will help all of this begin to make sense to you. But it seems to me like that everybody wants to be leaders today, but nobody wants to be a follower. And we'll see what the Bible says about that. So let me just start off with a familiar story. We could jump in a lot of places in the Bible and pick up on the message today, but I want to go to Matthew chapter 4. I want to read to you from verses 18 through 22. Now, Jesus is looking for followers. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he said unto them, Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets, and they followed him. And going on from thence, he saw another two brethren, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in a ship with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them. And they immediately left the ship and their father, and they followed him. Three times in that brief passage, we see that followed, followed, followed. I want you to start putting your mind in gear to try to keep up with what I'm trying to share with you today. As you sit here and you decide what is the future hold in your life, especially if you're younger, who am I going to follow? Or is my goal to be a leader? If those questions uh, create some curiosity in your heart or mind, I want you to listen because so many feel like if they're not a leader, then they're not worth very much. And uh, it, it's, it's very, very difficult to deal with the humility of being a follower. It shouldn't be that way. Jesus has always looked for followers. And if you will study the Bible, you will see it, it was the followers that Jesus used. From time to time, he would pull some aside, but it all started with them becoming followers. And that's where life will start for you and for me. When that moment comes, when we make up our mind who we're going to follow. When we make up our mind who we're going to follow, most of the other things will eventually fall into place. But now here's the problem. We've all been born with a rebellious spirit. We've all been born with something in us that tells us we want to run everything. We want people to know what we think. We want to do what we want to do, when we want to do it, with who we want to do it. And we don't think it's anybody's business. Now that came in our heart when we were born. 
as I'll show you in just a moment. But to submit to authority, oh, that's tough. That is tough. And it's getting tougher. It used to be no problem when I was a kid to submit to authority at the school, at the police department. Your only hope when it came up to your window as policeman was be nice, be nice, be nice, be nice, be nice, be nice. You might have a prayer of a chance. Well, most of the time you didn't, but anyway, it was a good try. But get rebellious, watch out, watch out. That little visit didn't last very long in that location. You'd be going to another location to discuss it further. Well, that spirit of nobody tells me what to do, that spirit has become so uh, branded into so many of us that people can tell it before they ever even talk to us. You can look at people and tell. Don't you dare tell me what I can and cannot do. I live in a free country. I'll say what I very well please to whoever I will very well please. I am a take charge kind of a person. Watch out. Watch out. Because you see, whether you have any leadership authority depends on who you're following. If you're not following the right things, nobody should feel like they got to follow you. Or they have to agree with you or to agree with me. Jesus did not ever set out to recruit leaders. He set out to recruit followers. Look at the guys. Look at that original 12. Aren't they a mess? I mean, look at them, you know. Well, I'm going to change the world. Well, what are you going to do? Well, I'm just going to go down and just pick me out, 12 folks, and just say, come on. Y'all just, come on. Y'all all look like leaders. None of these guys look like leaders. You know, if you're a fisherman, you're out there in a boat by yourself. What are you going to lead? The fish to the fishing net? Is that what you, that a leader? You know, what's the deal here? But when Jesus went to start building his discipleship, he looked for followers. He had the plan. He did not need creative geniuses. What he needed was obedient servants. Those that recognize that his ways are higher than their ways and that his heart was pure, his motives were pure, his goal was clear, his purpose was very clearly uh, branded into his heart and mind. And he came into this world to seek and to save those which are lost. Now, anybody want to follow and help me reach these people? Whether it's going to India or going to Africa or going across the street or across the office. We are called to be followers. Now, that should not put you down. It ought to lift you up. Because you are going to be following the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and he knows the route. He knows the plan, and he has all the authority and all the power that's been given to him by the Father to see that his will is done here on earth as it is done in heaven. Now, where do you think all this mess came from that we have to deal with today? Well, go into your Bible, go back to Genesis chapter 3, and start with verse 1. Now the serpent, serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. He said unto the woman, Yea, has God said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, 
you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Now follow the story. And the serpent said unto the woman, you shall not surely die. For God does not know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, she did eat it, she gave it also unto her husband with her and he did eat it. Watch out. All of a sudden, we have self-appointed leaders. They're going to be building their following. The way we're going to do it, we're going to rebel against God. We're going to do it our way. And Adam, Eve, of course, sinned and then gave it to her husband. And we inherit all that mess. Wow. You notice that Adam and Eve didn't have a last name? You say, yeah, I knew that. Why? Because they were the first ones. Isn't that that sad? They couldn't blame their parents. (laughs) They they couldn't blame society. They couldn't blame the culture. They could not blame the the, uh, things that we blame today. They didn't have anybody to blame. Well, what was their problem? Their sinful nature. And when it came upon them, as it did, all of a sudden... Something was introduced in the scriptures that we're very close to forgetting today. I want to say it again. God is not looking for leaders. He's looking for followers. He doesn't need anybody to set the course. The course has already been set. It is a narrow road. You have to go to the cross if you're going to stay on the road. And you cannot go out and do what your own group or what your own mind and heart is telling you to do or just your rebellious will. And... All of a sudden, we wake up one morning in our generation and say, you know what? This mess that I'm in got started a long time ago. And it got started when my great, 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 great grandparents decided we're going to be leaders. And we're going to change direction And all the problems are still existing today. Satan loves to take us and show us what he wants us to see. But then he blinds us to the truth. That's temptation. He wants us to see the glamour. He wants us to see the crowds. He wants us to see the prosperity. He wants us to see all of that. And then all of a sudden, we take our minds off of our job is to follow Jesus and start following whatever is taking place wherever we are. Our ears listen. Our eyes watch. Our feet begin to move our body forward. But problems have exploded in our face. I want to let you in on what uh, a secret that maybe has been kept from some of you. Maybe you've uh, been heard to say words like this. I'll do what I want to. Nobody's going to tell me what I want to do. Here's the secret. 
If you today, if God has given you 20 more years on this earth, if you today knew where that road is going to take you, that you've chosen, and where it's going to lead you, you would change your itinerary right this moment. You wouldn't go one more day if you knew where to take you. You see, when, Jesus, when we sing the song about Jesus, wherever he leads, I'll go. But what about when you don't go where he leads? Then where are you going to go? You're going to go where Satan leads. Where does Satan lead? What does the next 20 years hold for you? If you're 15 years old and you think I'm going to get married the next 10 years, who are you going to marry? How are you going to choose that mate? What job are you going to have? Are you going to go to college and spend many, many dollars and many, many years if God's leading you into something else that that will not help you with? Where is life taking you? Now, now God leads us one step at a time. The evening and the morning became the first day. I think there was a reason for that. We, most of us get enough in one day that we need about eight hours rest, you know, before we check the itinerary the next day. And the Lord just didn't sit us out there and turn us loose for four or five years and say, well, y'all all come back and tell me what it's been like the last four years of rebellion. Well, I don't think I want to do that. I don't think I want to do that. But here's the truth. The more you do things your way and the more I do things my way, the less independence I have, even though I thought that's what I was going to get. When you go into rebellion, you lose control of a whole lot of things. You can lose control of your health. You can lose control of your relationships. You can lose control of your purpose. I mean, everything begins to fall apart. You haven't gotten control of anything. You've lost control. The reason you've lost control is you didn't set the itinerary. God made you for a purpose with a plan, and you've gotten off the road. He says, go this way, and you're going that way. And we don't seem to catch on to this. Because in our attempt to take charge, in our attempt to become the leader, we forget that what makes us happy and successful or prosperous or whatever you want to put in there is follow me, follow me, follow me. That's all through the Bible. Follow me. The biggest lie you'll ever tell yourself is I'm going to do it my way. Let me talk about work. You want to do it your way? You know what will happen? You'll probably get lazy. You'll probably say 40 hours is too much for me. I'm going back to 32. I need more relaxing time. I'm under such stress. You know? I'll eat what I want to. (laughs) All of a sudden, you can't wear what you've already bought and you can't afford to buy something because you're maxed out in your credit but you're doing what you wanted to well I'll do what I very well please that's called pride my morals will be determined by me then you start living like an animal I mean all this stuff is is a result of one simple thing follow me follow me follow me follow me follow me and when you wear out I'll pick you up and I will carry you but just follow me my, my plans for you, I know my plans for you, the Lord says. And they're not like my plans for anybody else. But let me lead you. Your followership determines your leadership. 
Nobody's a born leader. Watch the birds. Watch your, the birds. They're, they're having their little ones right now. Watch those little things. You know, they're the ugliest things in the world when they're born. And they just sit there in a nest going. <laughs> I ain't, they don't think about going anywhere to leave anybody anywhere. Mom, you dad, you go get the food. Dad, you go get it. Watch the animals. Watch the animals. Watch how they stay close to their parents. There's several good programs on television that children can learn a lot out, I think, spiritually by watching these little animals and how they run to their mother and they run to their daddy and they know, and especially in Africa, if a little elephant decides he's going to become a leader, he becomes a devoured little elephant by a lion real quick. But when he stays close to his protectors, that's animals. But God has given every person a father and a mother and says to, that we are, are to obey our parents. Why? They're the leaders. No, I want to be the leader. My friends are all leaders. I want to be like them. No, you don't. You want to be a follower. And, you, and, and parents, if you become a parent and have to take on the responsibility of coming alongside God to lead your children in the way of righteousness, you need to know what righteousness is because you have learned it yourself and now you don't make yourself a leader. You have evolved into a leader because you have filled yourself with the Holy Word of God. Now God can give you the authority that he wants you to have and your children will rise up and call you blessed. There's not a one of us that's not searching for something that can restore our fellowship with God through our Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ. There's not a one of us. There's things in my life and things in your life that I am dealing with and you're dealing with as to, God, what is your plan? What do you want? Where do I fit in today in your world? Life can be motion without meaning. But so many, many of you are right here today, many of you are watching or listening by television or, or listening by radio. And uh, you have determined, you've already determined you, that you're going to reject God's plan for your life. You've already made that call. Now that can be broken, but you've made it. I don't, have, I don't care anything at all to know the will of God. I care nothing about the Bible. I care nothing about church. I care nothing about the things of God. I don't want to go on a mission trip. I don't, I don't know what they're doing over there. Well, I'll just tell you this, that everything you're seeking in life is available to you. And are you ready for this? Free of charge. I'm not trying to sell you something. I'm trying to give you something. Everything. Your itinerary has been planned. You don't have to look it up on the computer. It's been planned. It's been planned before the foundation of the world. And God wants to deliver it to you if, 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 if he, you know or if he knows that you are willing to follow him. And then all of a sudden, your motion, your life takes on meaning. You say, well, who's am I supposed to follow? The one who, in whose image you're made. Male and female made in what? 
his image. That's the goal. To be like Jesus, to be like Jesus. That's all he asks. I just want you to be like me. I will lead you by my strong right hand. I will pick you up. I will carry you. But your ways are foreordained by God as long as you follow him. But when you don't follow him, then the wheels come off. Genesis 1:27 says, God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. That's who you're supposed to follow. He made you in his image to follow his will and his plan. When a person has lived a long time and watched and listened to what years will let you listen to and watch, we've all witnessed the lives of people that chose to reject God. I could write you volumes of those that I knew them when they were 15, 25, 35, 45, 55. Somewhere along the way, somewhere along the way, married the wrong person, decided to go a different direction, wanted to be a leader, and they weren't comfortable in leading in the group at the church maybe, so they went out to do whatever. And all of a sudden, after rejecting God, the wheels of their life have came off. And the story ends, it's not, for some it's over with because they've died. They died in total rebellion against God's plan and God's will for their life. I don't want that for you. And I don't think you want that for you. But we're so blinded by the things of this world. Douglas Copeland, or Copeland, He's author of several best-selling books, and one of them is about 1995 that he wrote entitled Life After God. And uh, this man rejected God. And he came to the end of his life rejecting God. But in his book on page 359, here's what he says. My secret is, the secret I'm holding is, I need God. I am sick. And I can no longer make it alone. I need God to help me give because I no longer seem to be capable of giving. I need God to help me be kind as I no longer seem capable of being kind. I need God to help me love because I seem beyond being able to love. I was in a situation this past week in a hospital. I watched patients coming in, all of them senior adults. And I knew what I was going to be talking about today, and I teared up several times. Bitter, rude, angry, hurt, whatever. But you could just look at them and tell. They can't, they're helpless. Somebody rolled them in, somebody rolled them out. And then I saw a couple. And they came in under the same situation, and they were the life of the party while I was waiting in that waiting room. I mean, they lifted me up. Why? You know what the one thing that we had in common, the three of us? One day a wonderful change in our life was wrought because Jesus came in. And if we live, we live in the Lord. If we die, we die in the Lord. Whether we live or whether we die, we're the Lord's. And the longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. That's free, folks. That comes free. That's not on Medicare. That's not Blue Cross Blue Shield. We are simply washed in the blood of the Lamb. 
And it's sad, but wise people learn from other people's mistakes. Go down to the grocery store. Go out in the public. Look at people that have rejected Jesus all their life, and you will see a group of miserable human beings. Someday, somewhere, they decided they were going to do it their way. They did, and now they're the finished product of the brewer's art. They have messed up. But as this author says, and it's too late to do anything, but well, it's not. But that was his opinion of himself. And those thoughts reflect the thoughts of millions of people today. Millions of people. If living a life of independence is the key to happiness and contentment, you'd expect people who use that key to open the door of their life to be overwhelmed with joy. But I don't see it that way. I don't want anybody following me. I want people to follow him. But I want to be living proof of a loving God to a watching world. And you do too. And those that were baptized today, they said that's what they wanted to be. We want to be living proof of a loving God to a watching world. Well, what do they, what do they need to see us? No. We want them to see him. He's the leader. We're the followers. We have a lot today talking about, you know, we just need to disciple people more. And then maybe more people would come and, and, and attend our church. No, 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 uh-uh. no, that's not what Jesus did. They, they repented and they were baptized. And then any discipleship came after that. They were born again just like that. You don't lead people to where they understand what it means to follow Christ. They just deny themselves, take up their cross and follow the Lord. And then you start making disciples of them. But you don't ever earn your salvation. You don't get saved because you've learned to understand more of the Bible. You get saved because you know you're a sinner and that Jesus died on the cross for your sin. And if you'll repent, turn to him, he'll come into your life. That's what it's all about. And sometimes we make terrible, terrible mistakes. Jesus said in Matthew 16, If any man's going to be my disciple, let him take up his cross and follow me. We have in our grasp this morning the capacity to satisfy our spiritual needs if we'll just follow him. Just follow him. And live our life like he planned it to be lived. God had a plan for Adam and Eve. They chose to reject it. They suffered greatly for it. And we've suffered for it. But when the moment comes in your life that you are ready to be radically changed, be still and know that he's God. Get out of the crowd. Turn down the volume of Satan's voices. Drop out of the rat race. Fall on your knees. And humbly ask Jesus to pick you up, clean you up, and lead you with his strong hand to experience his life that he has planned for you. The answer, follow him. The Bible says in Matthew 16, 26, for what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and he loses his own soul? God's way can become confusing. For instance, the way to have is to give. (laughs) The way to live is to die. The way up is down. And I could keep on with that list. God's ways are just different. We think the way we get it is go take it. God says, no, I'll give it, you give it, and I'll I'll supply your need so you can enjoy that again. Follow me, and I will. That's what the Bible says. Follow God, and he will. I think there's some reason 
that the wise men were called wise men. You know why they're called wise men? They were valedictorians of the college. I don't think so. I, in fact, I know so. Matthew 2, 1 and 2. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east, saying, Where is he that's born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star and come to worship him. Why were they wise? Because they followed the star. They followed the leader. The leader put the star and said, follow it. And now we say, ooh, y'all sure are smart. Hey, you can be eight years old and do that. You can follow the stars. You can follow Jesus because he loves us. He says, I will never reject you, but I will lead you into all truth. But you know what? A lot of great leaders have fallen. You know when they fall? When they decide to do it their way and make sure that everybody follows them. Some of them commit suicide. Some of them just go off and waste the rest of their life. Why? Because they come at the time of life when they realize they're not near as strong as they thought they were. They're not near as influential as they thought they were. People weren't following them. They were following Jesus. Don't follow flesh and blood. Follow Jesus. He will never let you down. He will never leave you or forsake you. King Saul, young man, strong, taller than anybody in the tribe, and he was called out. And God said, Saul, you do what I tell you. God told him what to do, and he said, I'm taking charge. And he did not do what God told him to do on the battlefield. And the next battle he fought, he was knocked out by a little punky army that didn't have one soldier to every hundred that he had. But why? Because God called King Saul to follow him. And when King Saul thought, I am smart enough, rich enough, powerful enough, got enough authority, I'm cool, good looking, and successful, I'll do it my way. God says, Bubba, your journey is over. The next battle, he told him, said, the next battle you go into, you're going down. And he laughed at God. And the next battle he went into, that little army knocked him down. That's the way life is, folks. God doesn't call leaders, he calls followers. When you follow, he may make you a leader, but there won't be an election. It will be an appointment. And he will choose you and put you where he wants you to be. And it might be for you that are in, in high school, right now he might call you out. Maybe those of you fixing to go to college. Maybe those of you that are young adults and you're, and you're single adults and you're looking for a mate. But you want to become one in Christ. It may be you're married and young. It may be you're in middle age. It doesn't matter when it is. Follow, follow him. That's my message to you this morning.